Welcome into a brand new episode of 300 Yards to Unknown, coming to you from Blue Wire Studios inside the Win Las Vegas. And boy, do we have a doozy because the landscape of professional golf has changed this week. And we are clearly very much now in a moment. And I think that's something that we hear golfers say a lot when they're playing a tournament. Hey, I'm in a moment right now. I'm realizing that it's the back nine on Sunday. I have a chance to win this or I don't have a chance to win this. And we've heard a lot of the top guys describe knowing when you're in a moment is a skill set. And being able to proceed uh, as if you are not in a moment might also be a more valuable skill set. But the game of golf in general is in a moment right now. You can feel it, right? We are about to complete the FedEx Cup playoffs. We are weeks away from the President's Cup and the Live Golf rumors continue to amplify about who is going to be headed over there next. Um, we're in a moment. It's it's clear. We can, we can feel it. And the PGA Tour has played what is essentially their best hand to date. Whether you agree with it or not, which we'll talk through all the upcoming changes, it's clear that they took a massive step in a direction that they probably would not have been willing to do at various points in their history. So uh, Jay Monahan earlier this week came out, had a press conference, and it essentially outlined a lot of the changes that are going to be going to be coming to the PGA Tour. And I'll stress the fact that this is very much an outline. You know, we've got some details, but I imagine as days and weeks and months roll on, we're going to continue to get more and more details because not everything is set in stone. And quite frankly, a lot of these bullet points create more questions than they do answers. But clearly, a direct response from the PGA Tour to what Live Golf has been offering. I should also zoom back a little bit further because the Jay Monahan presser uh, was preceded by the Rory McIlroy, Tiger Woods, Ricky Fowler players only meeting that they held in Wilmington, Delaware with 22 of the top players in the world all coming together and discussing the future of the game. Think about that. Um, you know, I kind of joked a, a little bit like when they make the documentary about golf changing and the direction of golf changing and the future of golf, like this, this little players only meeting with 22 guys in Hotel DuPont in Wilmington, Delaware, in this conference room, like that's going to be the moment. That's going to be where they all hashed this out and all decided what direction they were going in. And it took Tiger to hop the private jet with Ricky and fly up from Florida for, I mean, it's just like, it's a very fascinating turn of events, especially when you realize uh, there's only ever been two players only meetings in the history of the game or the history of the PGA tour. And Jay Monahan actually noted those um, in his press. I think it was 1994 uh, where kind of similar things, Greg Norman and like trying to create this world tour and almost destroy the PGA tour. If you listen to the, the adjectives that Jay Monahan uses, and then this meeting here in 2022 to almost save the PGA tour. And we had heard rumors and um you know rumblings of what came out of that meeting but the the big point was that all of the you know these 22 players they were all on the same page 
They were all in agreement about what was discussed. And then, of course, now we find out a little bit of the substance of that. So here's the big headline. The top players move to a more unified schedule. Uh, what does that mean and what does that look like? It means that the top 20 players in the world, top 30 players in the world, or top 20, you know, whatever you consider a top player, which there are going to be designations here in a second, they're going to play the same events, which outside of major championships, the players, uh, the already elevated events, and the, the, the playoffs, it's very rare for that many of the top players to get together. You know, you do a little napkin math, you look back at some of the you know recent years, and you might get 10 or 12 of the top players playing five or six of the same events a year, seven or eight of them. Now it seems like they're going to be playing up to 20 events together, which is going to create a situation where you're going to have 20 unbelievable events with the world's best playing for a lot of money, and you're still going to have the rest of the PGA Tour schedule right, which is going to be 18 or I guess maybe even more than that. What, they have 48 events this year? So you're talking about 28 more events that those guys aren't necessarily playing. More on that in a second. But there's going to kind of be almost um, a PGA Tour and a PGA Tour elite is what it feels like, the tour within the tour. So the structure that the players have agreed on, which again, these guys – the whole, the whole conversation around PGA Tour versus Live, what the players deserve, what they're actually getting, stems back to them being independent contractors. To get a bunch of independent contractors to all agree around their schedule is pretty fascinating. Never before in the history of golf has this really been accomplished. They're going to try to pull it off. So you've got the three FedEx Cup playoff events. The already existing elevated events, which are, you know, Genesis, the Memorial, the Arnold Palmer Invitational, you have the match play event. Um, now the Tournament of Champions is also going to include everybody who even just made the Tour Championship. That is going to be basically an elevated event that all the top guys are going to. And then four additional to-be-determined events, right? This is part of the outline that we have, but the, the specifics that we don't. So Jay Monahan notes, there's going to be four more elevated events we're going to add. And the elevated events are just, you know, $20 million purses, essentially, is what they are, or, or more. What are those four events going to be? Uh, well, we've got to pay for this somehow, right? There's a huge increase in, in, in prize purses. We've got to figure out how to pay for this if you're, if you're the PGA Tour. And I assume this is going to be whichever title sponsor wants to pay for it, right? If 3M says, hey, we're willing to quadruple our spend and get ourselves an elevated event, there you go. You've got one. If uh, Rocket Mortgage or Honda or whoever, it, I, I imagine this is just going to be sold to the highest bidder. What would actually be great is if these four events rotated. And this is something I floated on Twitter and kind of chatted about a little bit, but you're going to get into a situation where if this works the way I think the top players and Jay Monahan and the brass at the PGA Tour want it to work, is you're going to have 20 really amazing events and 28 that, who knows, what they're going to end up being. Wouldn't it be cool 
for those four elevated events to rotate every year. So one year it's the 3M and the Rocket Mortgage and the Honda Classic and, I don't know, Phoenix. And the next year it's four different events, right? That way, if you're a title sponsor like Honda or John Deere or whatever, you are at least getting the best players in the world to come once every four years, something like that. Which right now, if you're Honda, you know, you get Tommy Fleetwood and Sung J.M. And maybe you get Matt Fitzpatrick every year. Would you trade that for every four years having all the best players in the world? I think you would. I think you really would, right? Especially if you knew which years they were coming. Think about how hard it is to put on a PGA Tour event, right? You are You have to... Not only do all the infrastructure, you've got to do all the marketing, all the ticket sales. You are fairly dependent. You're, you're very dependent on who plays, right? If, if Rory commits to your event, um, that's going to increase ticket sales. It is. That's, that's the facts. If you knew who was coming every four years and you could ball out with marketing and all that fun stuff, it'd be a lot easier as opposed to just finding out the Friday in advance of who's actually going to be playing these events. So there's obviously a lot of business and marketing that goes into into all of this. So I'd love to see those four events rotate every year. I doubt that is going to happen, but I would like to see that. Then this is kind of the, one of the reasons why I think that's not going to happen is because this other bullet point caveat that we have here, which is that three additional events of the players choosing are going to have to be played, right? Which is not entirely different from the current system in place, which I believe requires PGA Tour players to play a new event once every four years, I believe is what it is. So that's why you'll see someone show up at a new at a new event basically once every four years because that's 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 part of the deal. So the PGA Tour knows it behooves them to get top players to play new events. They know that. Why wouldn't you just rotate through? Like it makes too much sense, which is why it's not going to happen. Um, the prize purses on all of these events, they've either already been elevated or they're going to be elevated even further. So FedEx St. Jude Championship, BMW Championship, Tour Championship, that's your $20 million, $20 million, $75 million purse. Obviously, the FedEx Cup, the, the final event, the Tour Championship, that's all the bonus money, $18 million to the winner. I think next year it's $20 million to the winner. It's just outrageous sums of money. Genesis, Arnold Palmer, Memorial, and the match play all up to $20 million. Century Tournament of Champions, that got a big boost already announced. That went from, I think, $7.5 Now it's going to be $15 million. And then the four additional uh, elevated events, a purse of at least $20 million each. Players' Championship was already $25. And then, of course, the PGA Tour does not control the purses for the four major championships. We've seen them hover in the $15, $17.5 million range. That structure... Um, gets very close to what Live offers, right? So, so you know, do some simple math here. Uh, if golfers play 18 events with a $20 million purse in each of them, that's $360 million, right? While Live is going to play uh, 14 events with a $25 million purse, and that's going to be, what, $300 million? Um, I imagine Live could indeed... They could, I mean, they could just double their purses, right? They could just go nuts. The differences are still being 
uh, live offering the guaranteed money up front, right, to some or most of these guys, whether it's in advance or not, still being widely disputed depending on who you believe. And uh, also live, obviously, with much smaller fields, no-cut guarantees. What the tour stopped short of, at least for now, is that seemingly they're not going to go with the smaller field, no-cut events. Now, that's something they talked about doing in the fall, previous to the Tiger-Rory meeting. So I don't know what has changed with with that, if anything. When we go back to, uh, we're going to go back to the just yearly season, right? It's everything's. There's not going to be a fall portion of the schedule anymore. There's not going to be the swing season after next year. So we'll see what they do there, but th- this is not what was originally reported of a true tour within a tour where you'd have just the top players playing in 60 player fields, all guaranteed, all no cut. They, the PGA tour, at least for now has stopped short of that, which I think is, is, um, is fascinating because what you, what you were able to do was act very, very quickly here within the current constraints of what the PGA Tour is is already known for, right? I've come and sat in this exact seat and argued that making changes on the PGA Tour is like trying to turn a battleship. It, it's very, very slow. You have multiple-year commitments to sponsors, and you have multiple-year commitments to qualification processes and players and all this stuff that is like so incredibly difficult to change. And to completely wipe that out with wholesale changes to either the regular season or to the way that some of these events are being structured on number of entry bases, basises, it was going to be really hard to do. It was going to be almost impossible to do. This is almost a loophole. The loophole is you raise the purses, which you can do anytime you want, and the players are going to love you no matter what. And then you just got the top players to agree to play the same events. It's 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 honestly kind of brilliant in what they're able to do. I think we're going to see continued massive changes moving forward, maybe three or five years, maybe sooner than that. I mean, I've been wrong to this point, but that is moving as quickly as you can within the current ecosystem of the PGA Tour. Now, there's a lot more going on here. Um, I, I described this as the top players are moving to a more unified schedule. And a top player is going to be a term you are going to get more familiar with um, because that's seemingly going to be a real-life, true designation by the PGA Tour. So this is straight from PGA Tour comps. For the 2022-2023 season, a top player will be defined as players that finish in the top 20 of the current PIP player impact program, remember that, and players who finish in the top 20 under the new revised PIP. So they're making changes to the PIP. Long story short, the player impact program is a concept that started uh, a year or two ago that was essentially just a money handout to the PGA Tour's most popular players. Tiger Woods won it. He hit like zero shots in the year that he won it. Um, That is... How impactful to the tour are you? That was the PGA Tour's way of almost guaranteeing their top players' money, right? We 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 made we made fun of it. It used things like social media mentions and meltwater mentions and Google searches and all this other stuff just to hand Tiger Woods eight million dollars at the end of the year because of how of how impactful he is to the PGA Tour. 
half of the five, half of the 10 guys that won pit money last year have gone to live. Strategic by live, I'm sure. But now they are using this pip and expanding it to determine who these top players are. It's going to go up from 10 players to 20 players. It's going to go up from $50 million in handouts to $100 million. They're going to revise the criteria a little bit, and um, they're going to use this to define top players. So this is probably, this is where we need more information. It seems like you also are going to have to, you're going to have to be qualify for these events, right? So we use Ricky Fowler as this example of a, a lot because Ricky has not had a great couple of years. Next year is his last year with a tour card. It seems like even if Ricky is going to be number one in the pit because of how popular he is, he would still not necessarily get into these events if he's not qualified for them. So it's not a true popularity contest, but it does indeed um, kind of change a little bit of the way that the PGA Tour has always worked. The PGA Tour has always been a pure meritocracy, right? You eat what you kill, right? If you ask all these old veteran players, they will describe to you, you eat what you kill, meaning everything you get from the PGA Tour, everything you are given is earned, right? By your play on the golf course, on the golf course. This is moving a little bit away from that in a way that I, I did not necessarily expect, right? This is now embracing players who are impactful off the course, even if they are not as impactful on the golf course. The new 2023 PIP criteria is internet searches, quote, general awareness, golf fan awareness. I don't know how they're going to measure these media mentions, and broadcast exposure. Broadcast exposure. Broadcast exposure. Well, we see guys that, like, that. that's that's an echo chamber, isn't it? I, I guess that maybe, if you're in contention on a Sunday more frequently than everyone else, you're on the broadcast more frequently. So I guess maybe that is more of a meritocracy, more of a play well, get yourself in the mix type of deal. But I thought that was interesting. Like Jordan Spieth and Tiger Woods are going to be like in dead last getting every shot shown. So that's like a little bit of a, of an echo chamber here, but we'll see how it all shakes out. Um, this to me is, is probably one of the larger responses to live. Not only because it's so different from what we've always seen in the history of the PGA tour, and what a lot of guys have hanged their, they've hung their hat on that, right? Like, it's purely based on how well you play on the golf course. We've heard so many guys say, if you play well, all the other stuff doesn't matter. Doesn't matter, like, getting your card resolves itself. Getting into majors resolves itself. Getting onto international teams resolves itself, all based on how you play on the golf course. Now, not, maybe not, Right? Maybe not. Maybe if you play okay on the golf course, but you're very popular, you get into the elevated events. Now you're earning more points. Now you're earning more money. Now you're more likely to rise in the standings. Okay, we'll see. But that's something that I, I could imagine being an issue. I don't know if it's going to end up being an issue, but I imagine could be an issue. Live Golf, uh, the best thing they did strategically 
is go get popular golfers or golfers that move the needle, even if they're not playing well, right? We've seen a lot of guys on their roster who are either at the end of their career, haven't contended in you know PGA Tour events for a long time, haven't competed, competed in major championship events for a long time. But when you go out and get Phil Mickelson and Bryson DeChambeau, love him or hate him, moves the needle. Brooks Kepka, um, I mean, I don't know, Henrik Stenson, uh, who else? I mean, there, there's just these Bubba Watson, right? Sergio Garcia. These are, these are guys that are bigger names off the golf course than they are on the golf course. Dustin Johnson, he's great, obviously. So that was one of the things that got Liv a lot of interest early is because they are constructing a roster of very well-known household names. This is the PGA Tour's defense against that. Where if you are, you know, if you if you were to rewind this, if the PGA Tour were to have started this last year, um, and you are Phil Mickelson, in theory, Phil Mickelson now gets into, which he would have, maybe Phil's a bad example. Um, who would be a good example? Like Bu- Bubba, maybe? Like a Bubba Watson? who would have gotten into more events than he should have, and maybe he stays, right? That, that's kind of the, the loop that the PGA Tour is, is trying to close here. The other things that they've gone out and done, um, they've added this earnings assurance program. And this is something I think, not, not this exactly, but something that I floated where we, we need, we're going to a point where PGA Tour players and probably Corn Ferry Tour players are going to get guaranteed money. We're already there. But what I had said in the past was like, hey, if you have your tour card, if you're one of the 125 or 150 guys that has a full membership, like just give them a million dollars. Right, like if you just had a guaranteed million dollars and then you could earn off of that, it's not a big spend. It's a nice floor to keep everything nice and cushy and cover all your costs and all that fun stuff. Um, I think it would go a long way. Well, we're seeing that now. So the earnings assurance program means that there is a five hundred thousand dollar minimum for fully exempt corn fairy and PGA Tour players. So. Let's see what that means here. Um, And actually, I want to be sure to have this. This is fully exempt PGA Tour players who are in the Corn Ferry Tour graduates category and above. It's a ranking system that the PGA Tour has. But essentially, it is going to guarantee a league minimum of $500,000 per player if you don't earn that. So the PGA Tour will fund any gaps. So if you go out and you make 250 dollars the PGA Tour gives you another 250, right? It's almost in advance. Um, if you're a rookie or a returning member, you can opt to receive that money up front, which one of the things that we've heard, and again, not everybody in this situation is like a reliable narrator, and not everyone in this situation is providing um, real perspective on how to be a professional golfer, but we have heard some of the guys who went to live, Pat Perez, I think, was very vocal about this. I mean, they act like the PGA Tour treats them like garbage, <laughs> but they say, you know, hey, things aren't as great as, as you've seen. We've got to pay for all of our own travel. You know, there are times where I'm doing marketing for an event, and this is true. Like, you could be, if you go to a PGA Tour event and you are being marketed 
for ticket sales and you are on banners when fans walk in, you're not getting any money for that. And if you miss the cut that week, you're losing money. And if you miss the cut for six weeks in a row, you are like losing money here. You shouldn't be losing money as a professional golfer, as a PGA Tour player, as a Corn Ferry Tour player. So this kind of uh, helps with that, right? The guaranteed $500,000. And if you are a rookie, you can get it up front. So you've got all your travel costs covered, which more on that in a second. But it, it really is something that I think guys have been clamoring for. And I think it's going to be very well received. That goes hand in hand with the travel stipend program, uh, which this is for non-exempt members between that 125 and 150 category and below. You miss a cut, they give you 5K. Okay. Doesn't sound like a lot, but I guess it does. That covers your you and your caddies, you know, airfare and hotels and meals and all that stuff for the week. Because imagine showing up, you fly from one city to another, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, there are five days, you miss the cut on the number, zero. You go home, right? You, you lost money for the week. You do that for a month. You do it for two months. You do, like it's, it, it adds up very, very quickly when you realize some of these places that, that these guys go. So the $5,000 miss cut subsidizes any travel, tournament-related expenses, and does not impact any of the tournament purses. That is the outline of what Jay Monahan proposed, or not proposed, put into effect immediately. Also kind of shocking, right? How, how fast uh, they've been able to move on this. Lots, I have lots of questions, right? We have lots of things that we need to still get details on. There are going to be pros and cons of this. Um, for the pro side of things, this is at least enough to get guys who were considering going to live to think long and hard, right? Because you're playing for purses that are just as much. You are, you're not guaranteed it, but you're playing for purses that are now basically equivalent in, you know, you'll play a, a couple more events, but you still retain all your opportunities to get into major championships, all your official world golf ranking points. You don't have to deal with the lawsuits, the headaches, anything like that, you don't have to worry about your sponsors, right? You're going to get to keep your sponsors. You're going to be able to keep all these prestige, like the things that anybody considered on the PGA Tour, they get all of that and then some. This is going to be a stellar deal for like the top 25 golfers on the PGA Tour. The guys below that, I'm interested to see how this works, right? Because now, are we going to get 28 events of golfers that are 75th to 150th? Is that is that what we're going to get now? Um, I guess that's to be determined. And do we care? Would we trade that? Would we trade 28 John Deere classics, sorry, John Deere, for basically 20 majors? Not majors, but 20 elevated, 20 WGCs, 20 events, 20 elevated events with cuts? I think I might, right? And is it going to kind of exasperate this tour within a tour? Are they going to are they going to eventually get to a point where there are two tours? And 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 the argument, and I think Rory um, made some comments about this, is those other twenty eight events. There's still a ton of money on the line, right? Just like any other PGA Tour event, there are still exemptions and jobs and all that stuff on the line. And now are almost going to act as feeder events into becoming a top player. 
play your way into these elevated events. There's a ton of them now. It, it could be compelling. And, and we argued that, maybe Kyle and I argued it on the first cut. Like, if you do end up having a tour within a tour, a PGA tour and a PGA tour plus, a PGA tour premium, a PGA tour elite, I don't know what they'll call it. They'll, some horrible name I'm sure they'll come up with. Um, if you had that, the weeks that were non-elevated could be pretty compelling if you have a guy who could play his way into the elevated event the next week, which in theory you still have. So that's that's what I find to be kind of interesting in all this. I want to see if I missed any of the any of the details here. Um, they did some smaller stuff, like they made some modifications to the life membership, so you can you can earn status on the PGA tour for life. It will no longer take 15 seasons of membership. So you used to have to have 20 wins and 15 seasons. Now, once you get to 20 wins, you're eligible immediately, which I believe gets uh Rory immediate exemption. And I also thought I read it was JT, but he doesn't have 20 wins. He might qualify in some other way, but that's, that's now gone. And then, as I mentioned, the Tournament of Champions is now going to be much larger because anybody who makes the tour, champion, uh, the tour Championship is going to get themselves into that event. So, boy, a lot of money, um, a lot of unknowns. What are, wh how are they going to pay for it, right? That's the big question. Jay Monahan said they're going to squeeze their corporate partners. They're going to go back to FedEx and say, we need more. They're going to go to Honda and say, we need more, Right? We might watch 57 minutes of playing through and three minutes of action every 60 minutes of, of golf on television. I don't know. I don't know if it's going to be a net positive for the fans. In fact, it's probably not going to be, right? We, we've talked about this before. In this ecosystem that we have where golf is or sport is like the only thing you want a monopoly in, right? You don't want five NFLs. You don't. You don't want the best players in the world spread out on five NFLs. You don't want two PGA tours or two golf tours. You want all your guys in the same spots. The only place, sport, where Monopoly makes sense and you kind of want it. When that does not happen and your stars get split and then in response to that, um, you know, your, your nonprofit, right? Your PGA tour, your 503B or whatever has to probably go ask sponsors for more, which is only going to probably make the viewing experience worse. The fans lose on this. Players win. Uh, corporations might win. Both, I mean, both tours win. The Saudis win. Saudi government wins. Greg Norman wins, Jay Monahan wins, Rory wins. Fans lose. Fans lose in all of this. And we're probably going to lose on some of these changes that the PGA Tour is making. You think ticket prices are going up? Probably, right? What's it going to cost to get a hospitality suite at Waste Management? Billion dollars? Probably. You're going to have to cover this somehow. So that that's my biggest concern is that um, the viewing experience is going to take a massive hit here. And that fans are going to continue to lose. Jay Monahan did also shut the door. And what he was asked, with these changes, if, if a live golfer wanted to come back, would you allow it? And he said, 
quite frankly, no. They've made their decision, and they now have to live with it. I do wonder, um, and I'll, I can kind of put a bow on this portion of it with this, because we got to talk about Phil, and I would love to know what Abraham answer, Taylor Gooch, um, some of those guys think about all of this. Sure, they probably got a lot of guaranteed money up front, reports around 40 or $50 million. And they're going to play every single week, or not every single week, but eight times or 14 times a year for a lot of money. They're probably going to be fine financially. But if you would have told them that they might be able to get 80% of that and stay on the PGA Tour, I think they would have stayed. Think they would have been interested in that? I don't know. I don't know the answer to that. I would love to give these guys truth serum and find out. For guys like Phil Mickelson, for guys like DJ, for guys even like Bryson, who got reportedly got just massive amounts up front, 200, 125, and 100 million dollars up front, it probably doesn't matter, right? They're like <laughs> that's just so much that they're probably fine with their decision. And especially Phil, who was never going to be competitive again to get that type of money, obviously that's that's fine. Um, the other, the other thing that you're already hearing is that, and, and actually the, the live golf released a statement. It was one sentence. It said, quote, live golf is clearly the best thing that's ever happened to help the careers of professional golfers. End quote. Might not, might not be wrong, right? Phil, um, will go down as a villain in all of this. Wasn't entirely wrong. Right, like this, something of this caliber, leaning on the PGA Tour, creating leverage, has just solidified an unbelievable amount of money for the top players. It has, like that, is a true statement. And he will, he Phil will not be revered for that, right? And I think what we've seen, this is such a fine line in sport, right? Competition good, monopoly bad. Well, can those things coexist? I don't know. We're going to find out. But that's the ideal world is that you have something uh, competitive with markets. Like without Live Golf, what does the PGA Tour do? Just continue what they've done for the last 70 years? Probably. However, can you have competition without having, or can you have a monopoly and not competition? I don't know the answer to that. I guess we're going to find out. Um, that's not the only announcement from earlier this week. In fact, they just double dipped this on the same day. It was Wednesday. Wednesday was a hell of a news day. Wednesday might've been some of the biggest news we've seen in golf. I don't know. You have the, you have the biggest organization, the PGA tour announcing wholesale changes they've never done before in their entire history. I think that's pretty big. On top of that, Tiger Woods and Rory McIlroy announced a new league. Another new league. Do we need more leagues? A third league? It's not the same thing. It's actually in partnership with the PGA Tour. So here you go. Tiger and Rory unveil TGL. Team Golf League, apparently, is what that stands for. Tough. I would have named it something cooler. Like Arena Golf League. Because they're playing inside an arena, a venue. Which, at first, I thought they'd move it all around the country. I think they're going to build it. I think it's going to be one stationary arena, kind of like what the UFC does for their non-major cards. I think it's here in Vegas. I think it's like when they have those Apex events, it's just like a ballroom they set up. 
um, and it never moves. I think that's what's happening here. This is going to be, quote, a tech-infused venue, a first-of-its-kind experience enabled by a data-rich virtual course. Okay, no idea what that means. If you look at the renderings, it looks like there is an aspect of simulator golf, like with a track man and a giant screen, and then enough of an area in which they will construct a real, uh, like, putting green, bunkers, and I don't know, like 40 yards. So, like, as you get closer to the green, you could start to hit real shots in front of an audience inside an arena. That, this is apparently happening. 15, 15 regular season Monday night matches. Monday night golf coming to a television near you 15 times a year. That's kind of cool. They promise every shot will be televised and shown live within a two-hour primetime television match in which six teams of three PGA Tour players, don't expect Dustin, don't expect Bryson, this is in partnership with the PGA Tour, will compete. So there's going to be some type of regular season where these teams are going to play however many times a year, probably four or five times in the regular season or three or four times in the regular season, then there'll be some playoff. But it is 15 regular season matches. This is the this is the future of golfers really cashing in, right? And I think this is a better way, like, and not everybody can do this. You know, there is, Abraham Answer has to take live money to get, like, life-changing sums of cash because no one's going to care if Abraham Answer starts a team golf league. No one's going to care. But if you're Tiger Woods or Roy McIlroy, they're going to make a killing off of this, right? I mean, to start your own league where you are seemingly a massive equity partner in all of this, and then you get players to come and play, and you sell corporate sponsorships, this is not the pass-through of the PGA Tour getting FedEx to sponsor them for the entirety of the season and paying out in tournament purses. Tiger will just call FedEx and say, hey, give me $100 million. They say, okay, no problem. And Tiger puts like $60 million of that in his pocket. Right? That, that's, that's the system here. It's, it's going to be absolutely insane. It is not lost on me that this is also going to give Tiger Woods, um, whether you like this like, whoop, heart rate, sim golf style of golf or not, a way to compete on television for a very long time. There's no walking involved. He's going to stand in front of a sim. He's going to walk down the steps and he's going to putt. It's going to like extend Tiger Woods competing on primetime television for like 10 more years. It's unbelievable. It's brilliant, actually. And Roy McIlroy gets the torch passed to him and everybody makes out like a bandit on this whole thing. Um, I've said this countless times. There are two very different golf demographics of fans, and there is very little overlap between them, and there is very little overlap on how each one is marketed to. There is the casual golf fan who tunes in Saturday and Sunday afternoon, sits on the couch, and can name six golfers. Uh, there is a younger, uh, generally more energetic fan, one that is probably wagering, on golf, playing fantasy that tunes in Thursday morning to PGA Tour Live to follow 
their golfers and they can name 150 golfers. Two very different dynamic sets of demos. You can't really always uh, market to both of these or service both of these because what one wants, the other probably doesn't and vice versa, right? So you have a situation in which you have to decide who to market to. And the PGA Tour, for a long time, and maybe this is uh, the networks that have decided this, they have decided that casual golfer Saturday, Sunday afternoon is who we are going to, to, to support and who, are we, who we're going to service and who we're going to focus on. This right here, TGL, arena golf, fast with technology and simulation and probably, I don't know what else, that's, that's the younger demo right? That's the, like, there's certainly going to be gambling on this. Um, and I'm interested to see how it works because I'm not sure a golf entity of this scale or seeming of the scale that it's going to be when Tiger Woods and Rory McIlroy are involved has ever marketed directly towards that demo. And I'm really interested to see what comes out of it. And I'm interested to see if these six teams have team names. And if they start selling merch and if that merch starts infiltrating into PGA tour events and just like this is a whole different thing now. And because it's in partnership with the PGA tour, I think you're going to see a lot of overlap. You're going to see a lot of bleeding into. And I hope that this services the younger fan to which the PGA tour notices and starts servicing them as well. January, 2024. That's when it starts and 15 Monday matches in that year. I don't know. We'll see. I guess I trust Tiger. I guess I trust Rory, and I'll obviously tune into it. If Tiger Woods hits five shots into a track man and hits five putts, I'll tune into that. That's worth, that's worth two hours of my time, for sure. I imagine uh, this is not the end of the changes coming for the PGA Tour specifically, where they're going to have to uh, now provide details to a lot of the stuff that has been outlined and they are going to have to survive this impending Black Monday, as we're calling it, the expectation that the Monday after the Tour Championship, which is very, very soon, especially by the time you're listening to this, that that is going to um, be a day where seven or so PGA Tour players announced they're going to live, right? Seemingly Cam Smith on the very short list. The rest have been... Uh, rumored about. I've, I've tweeted out the seven that I think are going, right? I think it's uh, off the top of my head. Cam Smith, Hideki, although I'm cooling a bit on Hideki. Um, I think Varner's going. I think that Leishman's going. I think that Neiman's going. And I think I'm up in the air on Cam Young, who I, I actually lean, I lean towards he's going. I know, I know that he's said otherwise and all that stuff, but that's not necessarily been... <laughs> something like everyone who's gone so far has said they're not going. So I, I don't think we can use that as much evidence. Um, kind of up in the air on Cantley. I think Cantley's staying at this point. So I, it, it's even since I tweeted that a couple of days ago, um, you know, I'm just trying to read the tea leaves here and see, and see what's going on. But PGA tour still also survived that they're going to have to respond to that. And then we will see the state of the game as we head into a very short off season and then the fall swing and everything else that is to come. But we'll uh, be here to break it all down one way or another. This has been 300 yards to unknown. Catch you next time.